Hey there, fictional friends, and welcome to the first episode of 2024. <laughs> I'm Megan. And I'm sure. Are you okay? <laughs> this oh. is what we chose to do for our first episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is starting off so well. <laughs> Not good. No. Okay. okay. Uh, All right, context. <laughs> We were trying to decide how to kick off the year, and for some reason, we decided that it would be a really good idea to talk about, like, post-apocalyptic fiction for the the month of January. Like I said to Shereen, I've just had It's the End of the World as we know it, like, on repeat in my head. Uh, maybe we're just making light of the state of the world right now <laughs> to a certain extent, just because if you don't laugh, you're oh. going to cry. Yeah. Um, and that's what we decided to do, and we sure decided to cry today. So. <laughs> God! <laughs> yeah. So, to kick things off, um, we're talking about the fever dream that I'm pretty sure no one remembers from the early 20- <laughs> I certainly don't yeah. until, yeah. Yeah, a fever dream of the early 2010s, which was the adaptation of... Um, Stephanie Meyer's first book post Twilight Saga, The Host. And that might not seem like a big deal, except for one thing. This is the future, and humanity is all but extinct. We have been invaded by another species who erase our minds to take our bodies. But there are a few of us left who still fight back. Which was released in 2013 um, and was based on her book, which I think that's it. She wrote like a little, like right after. She must have, it must have been like right after Breaking Dawn. The book is from 2006, I think. Is it? Yeah. Really? Wait, I need to fact check that. Uh, 2008. Oh, right. Okay. Well, yeah. So, I mean, technically, right? Because, like, what year did all the fucking Twilight ones come out? There's, like... Those uh, started The Breaking Dawn came out in 2008 as well, so it was the same year. Yeah, she was busy, but I don't know if she ever wrote another book after that. Well, didn't she write the fucking Brie Tanner one that nobody cared about that? No, I I don't. I don't think so. Someone definitely correct me, but I've never heard of anything that she's written outside of this one other book that's not uh, set in the Twilight universe in some way, yeah. shape, or form. No. Oh, yeah. No, she knows where her fucking money comes from, okay? Well, she knows I what mean, to go you back know to. What? You gotta respect the woman. She stays in her lane after this monstrosity that we just watched. Yeah. So, yes, okay, so we're talking about sort of apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic fiction for the month of January, and this is how we decided to kick things off, lol. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, so Host, released in 2013, currently, this is gonna be a fun one, has a rating of 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb and 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. I support this. Yeah. Uh, the, well, the audience score is 50%. So. Still. I think it lands somewhere in the middle of those two. Give it 36%. Like, I watched it. I didn't turn it off. So I'm like, fuck, it wasn't that yeah, bad. Bored. It is boring. Yeah. Yes. I think that's mostly, that's like the big takeaway from it. So if you guys have never heard of this, like, it was really, like, at the time that it was published, the book got a, a ton of hype because, obviously, it was published right on the back 
of Twilight. Yeah. And those were still blowing up all over the place. I think by the time, like, Breaking Dawn came out, I think the year that the first Twilight movie was released kind of thing, basically. Right. You know, so it would have been, like, a really big deal, which makes sense. That's fine. I certainly remember running to the bookstore and buying this as soon as it came out. I've never read this. I did not buy it. I I think I read that it was, like, vaguely sci-fi, and at my, like, now I'll read a little bit from time to time, but sci-fi is still not really my thing. Mm. And when I, like, kind of read what it was about at the time, I was like, no. (laughs) I just, like, refused to pick it up. My 18-year-old brain was like, absolutely fucking not. No, thank you. I didn't hate the book when I read it, but... I remain a Twihard. And so at the time, of course, I was really one of the big fans of Twilight and would have obviously enjoyed anything that was written. Followed Stephanie Meyer, you know, to the end of the earth. So that just makes sense. Yeah. So, okay. Brief kind of rundown of things because the host is definitely like, yes, there are similar like tropes to a certain extent, but it's a very different type of story than Twilight. It's set in that's in a post apocalyptic world where these um, basically alien creatures called souls mm. uh, have they are the types of creatures that you know kind of it's very like invasion of the body snatchers, but like pathetic and not scary at all <laughs> like a really weak oh, pacifist of invasion of the body snatchers so these souls arrive on a planet and basically slowly but surely infiltrate and take over uh host bodies basically so humans um and use their bodies in order to i guess restore order and allegedly like you know make the planet a better place whatever planet they happen to be on at that time but um if you really think about that <laughs> for a little bit you're like um i don't really i, I don't really understand <laughs> i was trying to be subtle there <laughs> good job yeah but what i don't really understand about that is that no matter what i'm like you know you're still taking over people's bodies in most cases from what i can tell through the context of this film without consent Yes, and that's what I don't understand because But they're like, Oh, we're helping, we're helping. and I'm like, no. and like we're pacifists. Yeah, because they like don't seem to use weapons. <laughs> at least not at the beginning. No, I know. Well, it's just okay. So the book is Thank God Shereen read this book. So <laughs> I would have been like, um <laughs> But like in the book it's very different because like in the movie they make it very, very confusing because they basically front load the whole story and yeah. I think that the intent like when we watch the movie in the early scenes you're getting the feeling that they're trying to ramp up to like some big like battle, like big conflict yeah. kind of the way that it's positioned, like it's like they are already in a state of, you know, these souls have basically taken over all the yeah. humans. They've booted them all out of their bodies. Um, but in the book, it's a lot more of a slow burn, like, to explain the story yeah. of what's happened. Because it is, like, a 600-page book. Yeah, that's you know? it. And I guess I guess my thing, too, is that I'm like, you know, because we were talking about it. We were watching it. We were like, where's the... Where's the big conflict of this? Like, yes, okay, I understand the overarching conflict with the souls taking over, you know, human, like, humanity's bodies and things like that. I understand that part. But, like, the conflict that occurs with the characters and stuff like that and, like, the big thing, there's no, it's like a lead up, but then there's no big fight. There's no big anything really at the end of it. And... 
you know, even when I'm think when I try to think really quickly, like, you know, if I like try to recode my brain to just the way that Stephanie Meyer thinks about things, mm. I'm like, yes, okay, but even in Twilight, book one, you have the big fight with James. Book mm. two, you have the confrontation with the Volturi right. in Italy. Book three, you have the whole fight with Victoria and the newborns. Yep. And book four, you have the other thing with the Volturi. Right. Like the other big conflict with them and everybody shows up to explain the situation and all right. that stuff. And yes, okay, I will say that obviously in the movie... Breaking Dawn Part 2. They needed to make it more interesting, so they'd give you that whole flash thing, which you don't really get in the book. That was a great idea. Which was a really, which was a really clever <clears throat> idea by the filmmakers, because I think they knew that if he just, like, touched Alice and then was like, okay, never mind, everybody would be like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Uh, so we needed a little something. So they needed to do something to ramp up the action, and they did. And so I think that that worked well, but it's weird, because then this came right off the back of that, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> but there's well this is it and like in this one um you know we're we're kind of seeing a little bit of the story so basically it's the story of um Melanie mm-hmm. who is the the human and her body is being um I don't know infiltrated, infiltrated by, by um wanderer so the the soul that's inside of her and yeah it calls you know, itself wanderer because i guess i guess they have different jobs yes and so like you know her the soul that takes over her body is a wanderer so she or it whatever travels to like different planets and right. you know takes over different hosts and then just kind of follows orders from there and then you have other um other souls called seekers yeah who i guess are the ones who are whose job it is specifically to look for humans right. in order to infiltrate further into and bring more souls in yeah yeah so they're kind of like parasites basically, basically that's yeah. why it's called the host because the human is hosting is hosting this like a, almost like a parasitic body to an extent yeah right but the understanding is that once uh these souls go inside the bodies the human is not dead like yeah. they're still in there and so some and in the book they make this clear that some people just having the the souls go inside of them is enough to basically kill them right like and for their, some people it's not obviously and for some people it's not and that's the case and if I recall correctly in the book, Melanie speaking to Wanderer in yes. her head yes. is, like, unheard of. Like, okay. she is, like, beyond, like, strong because she's able to still speak to her, mm-hmm. whereas, like, this this doesn't happen right. to anyone else. Okay, I get it. Um, but in the movie, they make it seem like it's more common. They have a little... Well, they only <clears throat> have... It's only slightly sort of, like, insinuated because the seeker who, you know, does this to Melanie in the first place when they see, because she's, like, tried to run away from them, she jumps out a window and basically should be dead, but she's not... The whole they have this little conversation. She's like, "Oh, this one wants to live," and right. so of course, I guess you're meant to understand that she's very strong-willed. Yes, right. So uh, Melanie's played by Saoirse Ronan. Oh, poor Saoirse Ronan. Yeah, well, she was trying. <clears throat> I mean, because <laughs> the thing is, is that like she's a good actress, but you she can't is. do anything to a certain extent with like a script and bad editing. And oh, but things. I think we should take this moment to tell everyone who directed and wrote this. Oh movie. my god, you're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> is the person who directed and wrote other giant sci-fi. Yeah. You know, blockbusters such as Gattaca and the Truman and Show. The Truman Show, which is wild. <laughs> like, what? What a crazy thought. Yeah. Shereen just said that to her husband while we were watching the movie, and he was like, what? Yeah, he's pretty mad now. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty upset about that. So, yes, uh, Melanie is captured, infused, basically, with uh, the soul 
that cause it calls itself wanderer. Um, and then it basically what they're doing because they can kind of tell that like, you know, there's still like some consciousness in there. The seeker is trying to get wanderer to access all of Melanie's memories and lead her to all of the other humans that are still alive so that they can find they them want more hosts. Yeah, exactly. They need more hosts for the souls and that's what they want them for. It's like a body farm. However, uh, it's extremely confusing in the movie, like, because in the book, again, they take the time to explain, like, that they're supposed to be very peaceful creatures, yeah. like, they're just coming here and they're trying to make the play- the world a better place, but then you've got this, like, this, like, contrast with this one seeker in the yeah. movie who is, like, trying to destroy all the humans and she's made it clear that that's her main goal. Yeah, you can tell she's, like, a lot more... <laughs> intense than the others and even the other seekers are like bro chill out (laughs) yeah and so like you get this weird like you know situation happening throughout the movie where um you know you can see the humans approaching and going into like the stores and like going around where all the seekers are and they can they can go and get what they need because they're they're peaceful creatures so they're just letting them go with and it they, you know like it's funny too because like you know that's it they don't get obviously they don't get into all of the specifics of the world because it's a movie and it's like an hour and a half long mm-hmm. but you know you can see like there are certain scenes in the movie where uh as um the host like as wanderer basically she's able to just walk into a grocery store pick up food and leave with it like they don't pay because I Mm. guess it's like oh well we make it better so that there's enough for everybody and you don't have to worry about being first come first serve kind of thing Mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about that so she can smile walk out of the store and everything's fine and again yeah that's it no one pushes and shoves it's not like a chaotic situation because they're pacifists quote unquote however in the book they're really going into detail about how difficult it is to be a human in this like situation yeah. because they they really do have to like go and scavenge for food and everything yeah. and like it's a whole survival journey whereas in the movie they're not really making that very clear because they're showing that the humans are able to just rock into the grocery stores as well yeah and not have to do very much yeah. so melanie or not melanie wanderer um in melanie's body uh basically decides to take off because she doesn't want to give away too much more information to seek the seeker about where uh melanie's little brother jamie is and where her boyfriend jared is and her uh uncle sorry her coven (laughs) (laughs) it kind of feels like it yeah her uncle jebediah jesus christ um who by the way why are there so many j's jared 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 jamie and jebediah think of Jeez, what an alliteration. Good job, Stephanie Meyer. Anyway, so she um, breaks away and takes off because she feels, like, drawn, I think, to the idea of the humans and, like, what's going on. And her and Melanie are slowly but surely kind of forming a connection because they can really communicate with one another. Which doesn't really happen in the book until, like, way later on. Like, they kind of hate each other forever. For a while, yeah. yeah. So she finally manages to make it out there, and obviously they, the colony, whatever you want to call them, find her. Most of them want to kill her, but then, like, uh, Jebediah and, like, you know, and stuff are, like, and, like, Jamie, obviously, are, like, uh, no, don't do that. Yeah, she and, still looks like Melanie. Yeah, and so initially, obviously, she's, like, you know, kept in a cell and things like that, and I think that they're, you know, she's going to be killed and stuff like that, but he doesn't want that because he wants to see whether or not it's possible. Like, he's like, why would she, like, they've never done that. Normally when they're taken over, they just start working with the other souls and that's what it is. But 
you know, she came to us. Like, there has to be a reason for that. Maybe Melanie's not gone, mm-hmm. necessarily. Maybe she's still in there. So, basically, he guesses right pretty much off the bat. Mm-hmm. He's, like, the first one who's like, hmm, maybe this means something. Uh, where everybody else is like, yeah, and you're like, well, okay, calm down. Uh, it's a lot more com- I think it's, like, a lot more complicated. In the book. I'm but sure again, it is. But, again, 600-plus Pages, yeah, that's it, exactly. Versus one film, you know it's not going to be quite the same thing. I'm surprised they didn't split this into two movies, since that they have already had this appetite for splitting movies into two. Yeah, that's true. We had already started to hit our stride with that. Yeah, I'm surprised. I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe just they didn't count on it being as successful or anything, so they were like, nah. They were right. Well, I mean, it had a budget of $40 and it made 63.3, so, I mean, yes, it made more, but I believe, I forget what the numbers specifically are. I believe in order to be considered a full success, like because of like the production companies mm-hmm. and stuff and all the costs for everything, I think it needs to make double one and a half times its budget oh, or really? something or two and a half times its budget. I forget. Mm-hmm. There is a specific amount though that it's meant to make in order to be considered a box office success. So technically this didn't do it. This was a bit of a flop. Yeah. Uh, obviously also it received pretty unfavorable reviews. So I'm sure yeah. that that didn't help anything either. Anyway. But again, it was very rushed. In yeah, movie. exactly. And you can tell in the pacing and the cuts of the film that you're like, yeah. sometimes we hop from one scene to the next and you're like, well, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Um, yeah. So she's there for a little while. Yes. Slowly starts to become integrated. Like the whole thing that you'd think would happen with Jamie and, uh, with one of the other younger guys there whose name is Ian. Jared is there as well, but he's like, She's not Melanie. He's like, well, she's not Melanie. And then he starts to kind of be like, fucking, is she Melanie? Like, is Melanie in there? And it's really bothering him, obviously. (laughs) Understandably. Yeah. Um... When the, at this same time, like, you know, they're showing her how they live, how they kind of hide in the mountains. The seekers are out looking for her and blah. So they're like regularly hiding. She starts helping them with stuff and people start getting more comfortable with her. Uh, This kind of goes back and like this kind of is going well for a period of time until like some of the guys are out on a supply run and a couple of them get cut off um, and the seekers try to take them. And of course their thing is always like no one gets taken. That's like their thing. Mm. Uh, so these guys like decide to kill themselves rather than be taken by the souls and become hosts. That's not what they want. So of course then this causes sort of more dissension. People are mistrustful immediately again, even though I'm like, she was just sitting here eating food guys. Like she had nothing to do with (laughs) anything that just happened on the outside. Well, it's because they're like, if they weren't looking for you, then, you know, we wouldn't be so scrutinized here. Yeah, I suppose. Um, so finally, uh, because that's it. So Wanda, or they call her Wanda at this mm. point. Wanda has admitted to Jamie, to the little brother, that yeah, Melanie's consciousness is still like around in there. He's the first person that she admits it to. Jeb kind of figured it out on his yeah. own. So you're like, okay, fine. So they're sort of aware of it. And then eventually Ian and Jared new love interest, old love interest, mm-hmm. uh, both become aware of this as well, even though like um, Jared and this other guy, Kyle, who's the other blonde guy? I think the one so. who tries to kill her? Yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, that's it. They try to kill her, basically. Or he, like, Kyle tries to kill her. Yeah. Um, basically, and then changes his tune immediately after. Go figure. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, because they were like, if you did actually try to kill her, then you're dead, too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, of course, Jared doesn't believe this at first, but then he just decides he goes and, like, kisses her. And, of course, Melanie's like, hey, stop kissing the girl who's taken over my body. So she, like, slaps him in the face. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, my God, I believe it now. Oh it's God, really it's silly. You. It's so silly yeah. and melodramatic. I'm like, really? That was your strategy? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
this is just there were so many uh kissing scenes in this movie because Saoirse Ronan had to do double time and kiss two different dudes she must have really enjoyed that probably maybe not maybe not I don't know but hey you know it's it's also like it's everybody's filming you yeah like it's kind of icky too like it was I was only hard to get into the headspace it was only like 10 years ago but intimacy coordinators weren't as much of a thing at the time so like who fucking knows what was going on yeah and it you know it was one of those like they're like these young adult movie like kisses where it's just like it's the passion yeah Yeah. for sure um so wanda has fully developed feelings for ian Mm. and here and of course the complication is that melanie is still in there and melanie is still in love with jared obviously Mm. um so it's weird (laughs) and complicated and there's much like kissing and melanie being like ew god don't do that you're like (laughs) using my body to do this background voice in this is pretty funny it is kind of funny sometimes like not all the time sometimes she just says like really asinine things Mm. but it is kind of funny that way um so uh wanda learns at one point after having kind of like stumbled onto some of the stuff that's going on that um they the colony are basically slowly but surely trying to figure out how to get the souls out of people's bodies but in doing so they don't know how to do it properly Mm. so the souls keep dying like immediately after they're like extracted like ripped out of people's bodies so because of that um she gets really upset and she kind of like isn't sure if she wants to still be there and stuff but obviously i think melanie talks her into staying of Mm. course but she also has to she also has to just show people slowly but surely, like, no, you, you don't just rip them out. You have to kind of coax them out. They have this weird little, like... Yeah, these little, like, pod. pod. Like, <laughs> everything's chrome. Yes, it? oh my god. <laughs> the cars are chrome. The helicopters are chrome. The motorcycles are chrome. They made it Valhalla, shiny and chrome. Oh my god, it's crazy. <laughs> Everything is, like, reflective. I know. And I, I'm i sure there's supposed to be something about, like, your two selves or some fucking bullshit. It's oh supposed god. to... It's probably supposed to mean something. Thank wow. you, I came up with that just wow. now. <laughs> You went far there, but I feel like you went. I feel like I'm right. I think you are. Yeah, because there are there are like a good few scenes where. Melanie like will walk up to a window and you see her reflection and you also see her and I'm uh, like ah uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. okay I see what you did there yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um anyway so so she shows them that also Jamie was injured her mm-hmm. little brother and he starts to he has like a really bad infection and he's gonna die if he doesn't get like medication but they don't really have access to that so she's able to there she's able to learn like you know like what to do for him and she basically that's it she sneaks into like a medical facility a hospital probably just marked medical on the outside oh my god guys there's a grocery store (laughs) there's a grocery store scene where they're going and they're just like stealing stuff to stock up on things from the grocery store or whatever store it is and on the outside it just says store it doesn't have a name (laughs) it doesn't have a and everything everything's like the no-name brand so you're like oh look it's a maxi yeah it's so funny it's so funny um yeah so uh she manages to do that they save jamie again that conflict means nothing it goes nowhere it's the least conflicty conflict movie ever um anyway the seeker has obviously still been looking for her she's basically like branched off to do it by herself at this point because she's totally crazy yeah um and she's captured by like Jebediah and a couple of the others and stuff and then uh Wanda's like okay I'm gonna show you how like this is how you take the soul out properly so they coax it out put it into its little pod and she sends it back up to space 
somewhere. I don't know where. Mm. Um, we, I don't know. Maybe she'll be back. Maybe she won't. I'm like, maybe you should kill the villain. Maybe that would be a good idea. <laughs> no, they're like, villain, go to space. Yeah, pretty much. Because, I mean, like, yes, they free the woman whose body she had taken right. over. And I'm like, that's lovely. Good for you. Yeah. And she says she was like, because she could hear me all the time, too. And so it turns out that she was a very similar case yeah. to Melanie very and strong. Wanda. Yeah. Very strong. So because of that, she was, she was basically hell-bent on finding a way to get rid of the hosts completely yeah. so that you would not have to hear them at all and that's why she was so obsessed with doing this so um because they're deciding to do this and she's like Wanda decides to sacrifice herself and be like Melanie deserves to have her life back Mm -hmm. and be with her brother and be with her boyfriend and everything blah 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 um so she tells the doctor at first uh, I need you to extract me like put me in the pot or whatever but like I don't want to ever take over anyone's body again I don't want to do that to someone else um against their will so just let me die mm. basically like I have to and promise don't say anything just let me die yeah. um and obviously Ian's all upset about her leaving even though she lies and says that she's going to another planet but they do go through with the procedure and then she wakes up um, however long later, I think like a month or something they're saying. Well, I missed that. I think it was a month that they were indicating. Um, and she's in another body mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Melanie's there and she's totally fine. And she's like, whoa, Hey, hang on. Like I said, I didn't want to be put in anyone else's body. And it's basically just like the little story workaround where they had been extracting the souls from bodies, but this particular one for this, of this girl, they, tried and it she never woke up mm. after they took the soul out of her so the host body was obviously basically brain dead yeah. and non-functional and they were like it Which was the is, only way we could save the body blah 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 well see that was the difference with the book was my understanding that all the bodies were like that if you try to remove the host oh. like there wasn't anything left in there oh interesting okay um, and oh maybe but, but i might be wrong yeah yeah because they didn't make sound and the movie they made it sound like this is the only one that that happened with yeah and like i was like in oh. the movie they're making it seem like oh we can just kind of take those out um and we're good yeah but i can't i can't remember the book but i feel like that was part of it interesting yeah. um yeah so of course obviously that's all hunky-dory and she's able to be with ian and melanie can be with jared there's too many characters <laughs> um and they can all live happily ever after and like a number of months later they're out um in like a city basically the four of them on i guess a supply run or something i don't know and they get pulled over and they're like oh fuck like it's you know souls More and stuff seekers. and they they think that they're seekers and they're going to be taken yada 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 but then it turns out um that this is another mixed group of humans and souls mm. who have decided that like you know they don't want to do this and they just want to stay on earth and work like live together and everything like that so of course it's all hunky dory and we're just we just wrap up and everybody's apparently totally fine and i guess we're all going to work together towards something better i know they're like oh there's three other groups of humans ha ha I'm like, how big are they? And I'm just like... There's millions of people on the planet. uh, I can't remember the end of the book. It might have been like this because it's Stephanie Meyer and she likes having a very happily ever after. (laughs) That's true. But, um... Yeah, I didn't love the ending of this. I was just like, oh, okay, like, can we see more of that? Like, that's my point. Like, yeah. I feel like they could have split this in two almost and, like, elaborated a bit more on a lot of things. And just on the buildup of things, I yeah. think, would have been interesting to and do. a conflict. Yeah, an actual conflict, yeah. like an actual um, fight. Yeah. At the end, there was nothing. More of a conflict than a scuffle. Yeah, because <laughs> when, like, the Seeker shows up and is like, I am like, ah, I'm gonna kill you, basically, she gets shot immediately. Yeah. And that's it. And you're like, 
okay. Yeah, like, there's, there, she's there on her own with no backup yeah, that's or anything, it. like. Yeah, because, of course, she's, like, gone crazy or whatever, but it's just, yeah, that's it. It was just, like, it's just very toothless. It is. Mm. It's Invasion of the Body Snatchers, like, for Hallmark, basically. <laughs> for Hallmark. If Hallmark did Invasion of the Body Snatchers, that's what this would be. What? You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's, true. it's true there was no there's no like i don't know it just feels like there's no like pain like there's no like there's real no substance to it like no the movie was playing and like the like raw could, visceral sort of reaction that you would have to something like this like people's bodies being taken over by like a parasite you'd be like holy fucking shit but they just don't no they're just like oh i'm sure melanie's in there somewhere yeah. but let's not worry about that too much no like, that's it like, and what? it's like oh we'll figure it out that's inconvenient prod prod like okay yeah and so like it just it you know it's one of those movies that you could be like scrolling your phone and have this on in the background and then look up every like 10 minutes and you'd still and you, be able to follow the story like you wouldn't have missed much i think you, know? you were doing that for part of the movie i was doing it because you were like i'm bored this it is boring. boring and that's when i was like this is the least yeah there are just there ever. are so many filler scenes yeah. and because it's actually like because there's so much that could be going on in terms of the story because of the conflict that is technically occurring um they spend so much time on like the fluffy romance parts mm. of things. And it's like one of those stories where I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Like the, again, this is maybe why they would have had to split it into like a couple of movies so that yeah. they could have covered more of like the actual conflict itself. Yeah. Um, and not, and then not had as many like romance scenes, like one after another, after another. Cause you were just like, okay. Cause they have to shove so much of it in because of course she's in love with two fucking different guys. Yeah. Like, there was no runway to this whole Ian thing. No, it was like he, like, like literally the first scene he's there and he's like, let's kill it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then she does one little thing to be nice to someone and he's suddenly like, oh, she's totally great. <laughs> and yeah, like, and what? then he's like pursuing her and chasing after her and she's like, this body loves Jared and I love Jared. But I have my own feelings. I'm, uh, this is actually which, quote for quote. Which what? Yeah, I, I, can someone explain that quote to me? Yeah, okay. Well, this body loves, loves Melanie loves Jared, and this body loves Jared, so I love Jared. But she doesn't. But then she's like, but I have and my own like, feelings. And she's like, but I have my own feelings. And I'm like, what? Jenna call Papa. I do not understand. Like, <laughs> Explain it to me. Yeah. That was a really weird line. Andrew Nichol, what are you doing? I can't believe you directed the Truman Show. That's crazy. And then this. And Gag. <laughs> That's wild. And Gattaca. Yeah, like, that was a great sci-fi are movie. really big films. <laughs> um, anyway, if anybody thought that this was the Korean host, I'm really sorry, guys. That's a really different movie. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week. Oh, no. <laughs> Shereen won't want to watch that no. movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really sorry about that, but I'm sure that you turned this episode off already. If you stayed... <laughs> You're Thank a trooper. You. Yeah, that's it. Um, oh God, I, I, you know what? I'd like to hear from other people if anybody else has um, read the book and remembers this book, remembers this movie. Did anybody like this movie? I don't know. Did Someone you t- all forget this existed? Yeah, I did until I started looking for ideas as to like what we could talk about. And then I was like, oh shit, yeah, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you can let us know about that over on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at fullybookedca. And you can also check out our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash book was way better. But until next time, guys, keep on reading. Thanks, everyone.